Uh, we're continuing our series on the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to be reading from a couple of uh, passages. The first one will be from uh, 2 Corinthians and chapter 3, and the other one will be from Romans chapter 7. If you want to follow in your Bibles, please do, otherwise um, just, uh, you can just listen. Um, <clears throat> and the way I'm going to do this today is I'm going to go through some, some uh, biblical sort of teaching on... on on the passage, and then I'm going to talk about my own uh, conversation with God over the passage. Okay, so that's how I'm going to do, um, and uh, hopefully that's going to be helpful to you. If it's not, it was for me, um, and so that's great. Um, so if, 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 if only through this I get blessed, then um, then I, I hope it's all good. Yeah, I hope you do as well. Okay, so I'm going to start with uh, two Corinthians chapter three. Uh, beginning of verse 1. And this is Paul talking. He says, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? For you yours, uh, for yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, <clears throat> known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not on uh, with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are com uh, content in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And that's the, the verse I want to particularly focus on today. Uh, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And this is a really important um, issue for us. And it's something we've talked about many times, but it's something that, and as I was talking, thinking about it myself, it's something that we continually need to review in our own lives. Um, how are we relating to the law and how are we relating to the spirit? And, um, and Paul uh, spends a lot of time in his letters, on his writings, going over this. Uh, and he just mentions it here. But in the book of Romans, he goes into this in much more detail. And that's why I wanted to uh, look at, um, at, the, at this passage very briefly, the passage in Romans. Because Paul is trying to contrast between those that want to bring the law back in uh, to those, or, or the, for what Paul is saying, actually, no, we are now... Uh, we now have a new covenant of the Spirit, won by Jesus on the cross. And, uh, and, and actually, if we go back to the law, it will start to kill us. It will start to rob us of the life the Spirit brings. And, uh, but Paul is very careful to explain uh, the, the point of the law and, uh, and the reason for the law. And, and so I just want to quickly look at uh, um, Romans chapter 7. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to expound this passage in any great depth because it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of de detail in it. Um, but I just want to read uh, three verses from it. Um, chapter 7, verses 7. So Paul is here talking about uh, law and grace and the law and the spirit. He says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. Indeed, I would not have known what sin was except through the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, 
do not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of covetous desire. For apart from law, sin is dead. Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. So Paul here is saying, look, the law is good because the law gives us a measure of God's standard, if you like. The problem with the law is if you read it and you measure yourself against it, you don't measure up. None of us in our own human efforts will ever meet the law fully. And so when we go to the law, we recognise we're sinful and the law condemns us. It brings death. It says, well, you've not met it. You've not met the commandment. But the law is good because it's important that we recognise that sin is sin and we, have, and we serve a holy God. And so the law is there to say, you are sinful and to recognise that. But that's as far as the law could go. The law never gives us one hope of support or help. It never lifts a finger to help us. It's like the letter says this. Mr. Endersby, you have been assessed against the list of commands. You failed. You're disqualified. Try harder. Signed, the law. And whenever we go back to the law, that's what we get. We always get a letter that gives, there's nothing in here that helps me. It just says, you failed. You're disqualified. Now try harder. And we try harder, and we go back to the law, and we think, oh, I've just got to try a bit harder. But it doesn't work. And so the problem with that letter, and if we go back to that's what we will read. We will read, I've, I've, I've been disqualified, I've failed yet again. And yet the law doesn't say, ah, oh, well, then you failed, but look, this is, this is what you can do. All it says is try harder, do your best. You won't, you won't succeed, you won't get there, but you know, have a go. That's, that's the law. It is good because it points, out that we, it points out that we need something other than ourselves. That's why the law is good. It points to something different, but it, it in itself doesn't help us. It says in, uh, just a bit further down, in order that sin, in, this is verse 13 of chapter 7, in order that sin might be recognised as sin, it produced death in me, through what was good, so that through the commandment, sin could be seen as utterly sinful. Paul was pointing out that actually we need to recognise, and people need to recognise that sin is a problem. Sin is a problem in my life, it's a problem in your life, it's a problem in everyone's life. And uh, the law, the requirements of the law, are that if you've failed it, <coughs> you're condemned. And it kills. So what's the solution? Well Paul is saying actually we need to move on from the law because there was one that fulfilled it. Only one. And the law all the time was standing by Jesus waiting, waiting for him to trip up so he the law could condemn Jesus as well. But not one thing did he do wrong. Not one thing did he not fulfill of the law. 
So as the law was there, standing by, ready to uh, put him to death as well, it realised it couldn't. He couldn't, the law could not condemn Jesus because he did not put a foot wrong. He did not do anything wrong. He fulfilled the law completely. Amen. And that is our hope. Because then the sentence which the law must, uh, you know, the, the law carries, which is death, could not be applied to Jesus. It couldn't, he could not, the law could not say, ah, you've sipped up there, therefore you deserve to die. The law couldn't do that. And so, because of that, Jesus' death couldn't hold him. It couldn't hold him. Because there was nothing to get hold of. And so he rose again. And he lives forever. Amen. Amen. It's a wonderful truth. Absolutely wonderful truth. And, to, and Paul in, in the first book of Corinthians says this. The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? His righteousness, his ability to meet the law perfectly is applied to us. So we don't have to do it. We don't have to meet the law because Jesus has done it already for us. And that's the wonderful news. And the Spirit says, I am going to enable you to live in the good of that. That's what the Spirit does. This is done for you. This is past. That has been won for you. We live in the victory of Jesus. Now, let me help you live in that life that I've won. I'm going to give you life because of what Jesus has done. And I want you to live in that. I want you to live in the fullness of it day by day, week by week, year by year. I don't want you to go back into the law because it's going to kill. It's going to rob you of the life that I'm giving you. And so here the, Paul is writing and saying, don't go back. And so what was happening in, in the Corinthian church, and if you read the, the letters, you get the, uh, the impression or the idea that there were people who wanted to bring elements of the law back in because they thought it was the right thing to do. And they also wanted uh, people to have letters of commendation to say, look, what you need to do is you need to have a letter that's better than this person's. Or you need to have a, uh, some, some recommendation from, from this person or, or, or this church. Because that will show you that actually how good you are. And again, that goes back to the law. If you, it's about measurement there. You need to compare yourself against the, the standard. And if you're uh, higher than that, then we'll accept you. But if you're lower than that, we won't. That, that's, that's law. And Paul is, is saying, no, that's not what we do. And he talks about the Corinthians being the letter written on their hearts. Actually, my testimony is, is you guys. I preached the gospel to you and you sprang to life. That's what I want to see. I'm not interested in letters. I'm not interested in, in uh, you know, uh, letters after my name or degrees. You see some church uh, boards where all the, all the pastors, uh, you know, qualifications are written there and somehow that's supposed to... Now, I'm not... Don't get me wrong, that's, you know, getting, getting qualifications in, in, in biblical stuff is great, and, and, but that's not my qualification, that's not anybody's qualification uh, to bring truth. It's, it's about being able to minister in, in the life of the Spirit, and that's, that's, that's what Paul was, was arguing. So, so, the Spirit's role is so that we can live in the life that Jesus has won for us. To live in that life. And, and Jesus himself says, I have come that you may have life in all 
its fullness. So the question then came to mind, as I was studying this, I was thinking, am I living, if I consider my life, do I look at that and, and do, is there hope and joy and peace in every part of my life? Am I enjoying that life to the full? And so this is, this is where my conversation with God started, because as I started to think about it, various areas and various things, I mean, I just studied this wonderful uh, truth about, you know, reflected again on, on the truth about what Jesus won for us, and I was, you know, quite happy at the time, I should be honest, uh, because of reflecting on that. But then when I thought about it, I thought, actually, no, there's this area that I feel a bit troubled and I'm not 100% happy with, and then there's this. And so <laughs> what I did which is not often what I do, is I, went, I got up and went for a walk. And I said, because one reason I might be not feeling full of life is that maybe, maybe there is areas where I have allowed the law to come back into my life to rob me of the life that God wants for me. So I went for a walk and I asked the question of God, where have I allowed the law to come back in to rob me of life? And I went for a walk about half an hour and as, as always with these things, God did speak. Now I'm going to share what he said to me. This isn't the whole thing about, if I, you know, I could, we could spend years talking about the life the Spirit gives. Uh, so I needed to, to, uh, you know, to hone it down to something practical. So this isn't everything to do with the life that the Spirit gives. It's, it's a massive subject. But this is, this is what he said to me. Okay, so the first thing... Um, was this. I was thinking about, what if I haven't been kind enough? What if I've been selfish? Or what if I've not been as generous as God wants me to be? And what if that's true, but actually I'm not bothered? What if I'm not prepared to do something about it? And that was, that was something that was going on in my mind. What if, what if I'm not following God completely? What if I'm not doing exactly what God wants? What if I'm not pleasing God in some areas and, and I'm not bothered? And so that was something that, that sort of jumped into my mind. And I thought, oh, so that, 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 was, that was weighing on my, on my heart. I'm thinking, you know, what if I'm displeasing God and, and he's speaking to me and I'm, I'm, I'm not doing something? And I was starting to feel a bit condemned by that. And so, as I, I had this conversation, and the first thing that came to mind was this. Uh, the Spirit never accuses me. He never accuses us of anything. He can't accuse us of being not perfect. He can't accuse us of being sinful. The, so the voice that accuses is never the Holy Spirit, because... He knows that we're covered by the righteousness of Christ. And if he ha ha accuses, he'd have to accuse Jesus of not being perfect. And of course, he's never going to do that. So if that voice is accusing you, it's not the Spirit. It's not the Spirit. Any accusation that comes against you is not the Spirit of God. That's really important. The problem can be that the accuser gets hold of a grain of truth, and then twist it. And so somewhere in there, it's possible that at some point I was unkind to someone, or that I am being a bit selfish, or that I'm not being as generous as I could. There might be some truth in that. The accuser gets hold of that and says, ha, 
you, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not very good and you're not willing to change, you, you know. So the first thing I did is, and it's something I, I do frequently, is, uh, is to pray and say, okay, God, there may be a grain of truth in that, I don't know. So I'm going to pray the prayer that David prayed, which is in Psalm 139. Uh, and I pray this prayer quite a lot, just to, just to make sure that, actually, I want God to speak to me, if, if, if there's something wrong. And this prayer is this, it's Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's a very simple prayer. But it's a prayer that actually opens myself and says, God, you know, I, there may be something wrong. There, I may be not in every area. When, when the word offensive, it's, it's, it's an area where I'm not living fully to please God. That's all, all it is. So there's something in my life that is not fully pleasing to God. I may not know what it is. I may not be clear. I may not want to change. There are all sorts of reasons. But if what I'm saying here is, God, search me. Show me. Uh, and, um, and I want you to speak to me. I don't want the accuser to speak. I want you to speak. And if you pray that prayer and you wait for a bit and nothing comes, dismiss the accuser's wife. You shouldn't dismiss the accuser's wife. Just move on. Don't worry about it. It's not, you know, the Holy Spirit is well able to point things out in your life that he, he thinks isn't best for you and isn't good for you. He will do that. Particularly if you allow yourself and say, God, I want you to speak to me. I want you to show me if there's anything that's, that's not right in my life. And he will do that. Because the one thing that the Spirit does is, is that he doesn't just come alongside us to help us. He gives us the motivation. He gives us the reasoning. He gives us the help to change and to do it. And he will, he will not only show us, actually, I, I think this isn't the best thing for you. But not only that, he gives us the hope to, to change. He gives us the power to change. And he will give us the, the view to think, do you know what, this is a better way. In fact, instead of thinking, oh, this is going to do me bad, it, the Holy Spirit comes and, uh, and changes our, our outlook on things. He transforms our minds as we allow him to. And so instead of, instead of being uh, unkind and, and selfish, we, we don't want to do that anymore. Because the Spirit enables us and empowers us to be different. And that's how the Spirit works in our lives. He, unlike the law will not only help us and point things out, but he will give us the power and the motivation to change. And he enables us, by the Spirit's power, to live that life that God wants for us. So I encourage you, if that's you, if you've got some nagging doubts in your mind, go to God, ask him, okay, show me. I'm, I'm not going to listen to the accuser's voice. And if you want me to change in any area, and I'm unwilling, then Lord, help me to be willing. It's a great prayer. Help me to be willing. I want to live the life that you've got. I know that the life you've got is abundant and full, and therefore I'm living it completely, and I'm following you completely. My life is going to be full. And my thought here that if I'm too generous, it's all going to be bad for me, is not helpful. Or if I'm too kind to people, that's not helpful. Or if, I'm, if, I, if I need to keep stuff for myself, it's not helpful. Okay, so that's the first thing that came to mind. The second one... Um, that I thought God speak to me about is this situation isn't going to change. This can't be resolved. Okay, so that's displaying a lack of hope. 
and uh, uh, for the future. And I was drilling down, I think, well, well, why, do I, why would I think that about a particular area of my life? Why would I think that? Um, and uh, and it then goes back and says, uh, you know, I was trying to think of the root cause of that. It's, it's perhaps, well, Jesus doesn't do that sort of thing for me. He does it for other people. I've seen other people being, you know, seeing breakthroughs and stuff, but he doesn't do it for me. Straight away, what's happening is the law is coming back in there. Can you see that? The law is coming back in to say, ah, yeah, but it, the reason Jesus did it for them is they're just a little bit more spiritual than you. They've, they've spent, as Jamie was saying last week, they've spent that five more minutes in the Bible that you didn't do. They've spent that ten more minutes praying that you didn't do. That's why. Now, if you, if you did that, if you, if you were a bit more holy, a bit more spiritual, then Jesus would do those things for you. And that's the, the root cause. I mean, I didn't really think that in one sense, but actually that's the root cause of it. It's the letter saying, you failed. That's why Jesus doesn't you know, do stuff for you. You failed. And, and that is just so wrong. We were singing, he's a good father. He is a good, good father. We need to know who we are. We need to know that we are loved by him. And we need to repeat that time and time again to ourselves because we so often can... can this, the reason these things don't change, the reason I'm not healed, the reason... Da, 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 is because I don't... I'm not good enough. And that's, that's the law and that's a lie. And, and, and you know, it, it is, it, sometimes it, it does take time. You know, sometimes things don't happen when we like them to. Sometimes the, the, cha- the situations don't change. But it's nothing to do with you not being good enough. It's nothing to do with if only you had done this or done that, it would have changed. No, it's nothing to do with that. We just have to trust in God. The wonderful uh, uh, verse in, in Romans that we often refer to, that you know, we, 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 uh, uh, the, the, that we have uh, the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him, that you may abound in hope. It's all about trusting in the one who loves us, trusting in the one who is for us. I love uh, in times like this to uh, look at stories, particularly stories uh, from uh, the Old Testament. I've reading, I was rereading uh, the, I read through the book of Ruth just recently. And I'm amazed at the goodness and the grace of God shown there. There, there's a litany, there's a complete mess made. Disobe- disobedience to God, Di- stuff that, 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 that some of the people in, in, the, in the story should never have done. And, uh, and they, they went outside the goodness, they went outside the blessings of God, they, they just did stupid things. And yet because of one woman's faith, it got transformed, absolutely transformed. It was, there was no real... There's no striving. And this is a wonderful thing about some of the stories in the Old Testament. They are so New Testament. It's untrue. It all because of the faith of this one woman, Earth Ruth, that the thing got transformed. And what I love about it is what God said couldn't happen, happened. That this non-Israelite became part of Israel and became part of the line of Jesus. And it's stunning what Jesus did what God did through faith. And it's just, it was a simple case of this woman just trusted in the God that she knew very little about, but had come to know a little bit from people who weren't very 
honouring to him. But he picked up something and thought, well, this God's worth trusting. I'm going to trust him. Come what may. She probably saw it in her, um, her mother-in-law as well. And, and there's various other ones. And if you read through the stories of Abraham and Jacob and, and all these, what, what I love about these stories uh, uh, is that there were so many mistakes made. They, they missed the mark so often. And in, under the law, they should have been condemned. But no, because faith stepped in, trust stepped in, and it got transformed. It got transformed simply because they put their faith and trust in God. And so when we are in a difficult situation, when we're in a, uh, a situation that's not changing, the call by the, to live the life of the Spirit is simply to trust that God loves you, that he's for you, that you're, you're good enough because of Jesus, that it's nothing to do with your performance, it's nothing to do with what you've done, and you rest in his goodness, and you trust that he will bring about his purposes in his time, because he loves you, and because he's for you, as we were singing. And finally, and this is one that, that I trip up on a lot, and I'm, I'm just going to confess to you this, It's all to do with my, uh, I guess my training as an engineer. Uh, and that is this. I need to sort this out. I need to sort this out. This is a problem, I need to sort it out. That's my job at work. Something comes up, I've got to sort it. I've got to, I've got to work out what the problem is and I've got to sort it. And I've got to, you know, and I've got to, uh, and, I, and I can, I can do all right. I'm still employed. Um, but that's my job, and therefore that can come into my Christian walk. Oh, it's a problem. I need to sort it. I need to sort it. I've some guy, oh, that's what I do. I'm an engineer. I sort these things. And actually, that brings in the law again. I've got to do this. You've got to try harder. You've got to try You've got to do this. You failed. This is not working. Try harder. And, and the law comes in again and again and says, whoa, you not what not worked out you've not tried hard enough have you and that is so often what i find and again the spirit wants to give that life of faith and trust and that life that comes that the life that the spirit gives is simply through the faith and trust that jesus is more capable of sorting this out than i am that he loves me so much that he wants this sorted that he is so for me that he wants this sorted and he will sort it in the way that he knows best, because he knows far more than I do. He is far more powerful than me. Now, he may mean that he speaks to me and I have to uh, respond to what he says and I have to do something. And that's absolutely right. I'm not, this isn't about just sitting back and doing nothing. It's about listening to what the Spirit is saying so that life comes through the actions that I take, not through my own ideas and the way that I think I should sort it out. And so often, when we try and sort these things out ourselves, we go into our own efforts and it becomes a, a, a slog and, a, and hard work. And actually, that's not what the Spirit wants for us. He has the solutions, and he wants us to, to uh, coincide with him. So, we have this letter. This is what the law does. It reminds us that we are no good. It reminds us that we failed. It reminds us that the only, the only hope it gives us is to try harder. And that's never going to work. It's never going to work. So I was thinking, what does the Holy Spirit say to us? And so I wrote this down. This is what he says to us. 
sorry, I can't read this out. <laughs> you can read it. My dear child, Tim, you passed. You're qualified. I've got this. Have a truly wonderful day. That's what he wants for us. That's what he's got for us. That's how he signs. That's how he... And if this isn't the message you're getting as you think about your life, then you need to think again. He's got this. He wants us to have a truly wonderful day. We've passed and we're qualified because of Jesus. So I want to encourage you to think about the life that the Spirit gives. Has the law been coming in to rob something of that life? Is there something that you know that is weighing you down that is robbing you of the life that the Spirit wants you to give? And maybe some of those areas, maybe it's a different, you, you know, you're different to me, you've got different things. I just want to pray for us now that the Holy Spirit will stir in your heart that hope, that faith, that peace, and that trust that can transform your situation, that you would not go back to the law, you would not go back to judging yourself, you would not go back to try and uh, see where you, uh, you know, where you stand against somebody else, but that you let God speak to you and give you that strength through the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this amazing gospel, the amazing gospel that transforms us because, Lord, you, through Jesus' death on the cross, give us life. You give us life in abundance and life for us to enjoy every day in the, in the midst of difficult circumstances, in the midst of trials, in the midst of, of, of all sorts of stuff that goes on. You want us to excel in life, in peace and joy and overflowing hope. And so, God, I, I pray that if there's any areas, Lord, that, that are in uh, people's lives today where the law has come back in, that has told people that they are not loved, that they are not good enough, that they have not passed in some way. God, I pray that that lie of the evil one will be done away with now. Holy Spirit, come and speak life and love into parts right now. And I pray, God, that where people and where we've tried to strive to get things done. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would bring rest now. The people, uh, your dear children, would give up trying to strive for changes and stuff and to rest in your goodness and in your Father heart for them. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you so love us. And thank you, Jesus, that, Lord, if there is something... If there is something that is not right, God, thank you that you speak to our hearts and that you encourage us and you give us the motivation and you give us the strength and you give us the encouragement to, to transform our lives and to, to, be, to be different. And thank you, Lord, you don't accuse, but you, you give us power to change. And Lord, we just can rest in that truth. And if nothing comes to mind, Lord, we, just, we can dismiss it because you're at work. You're speaking all the time to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're at work in my life, in the life of each and every child of God here. Thank you. Thank you. None, no one is missed. No one is, is outside your presence, Holy Spirit. You love each one, and you're at work in each one. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we bless you. Thank you for all you do in our lives. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.